Well, hello, Andre here. Welcome to yet another episode of the Daily. This episode is for the 30th of April, Thursday. We're coming to the end of our first month under the circuit breaker uh, measures, and we have another month to go. So kudos to you for making it to the halfway mark. I hope that your salvation is still, for the most part, intact. That you have adjusted well in this time, and yet pining and longing for the day where all things will come back to normal. Uh, really. And so for all of you, I pray that you would persevere, that you will endure, that you will hold fast, stand firm in faith in God's truth and promise in this time that you will not waver, that you will stay true to course. And I pray that for you this morning. Well, I have never ever identified as an athlete or as someone that is sporty or active uh, at any point of my life. I think you just take one look at me and you know that I have zero athletic base. Uh, it is just something that I don't excel well in. I try to play sports, but I don't excel in any of them. The only quote-unquote sport that I might have some kind of proficiency in is playing pool, uh, like billets. Uh, but you don't really work up a sweat, and most would admit that it's not really a sport because there's no running involved and you're standing around wearing a nice shirt. But when I was trying to get Amy to be my girlfriend, I wanted to portray myself as a really sporty, active guy because for the most part, girls find that to be uber-duber attractive. And so she asked me like what sports I was into, and I knew that she loved uh, riding a bike, and so I said, oh, I, I like riding bikes, knowing full well that we were born over bike riding and all that stuff. And so the day after I told her that I like riding bikes, I went to the bike shop and bought myself a brand new bicycle. And the very next day, we went out on a bike ride together. Now Amy is super duper proficient at bike riding. Like she rides super duper fast, she rides a road bike, she can do so without her hands on the handlebar, talking on the phone, perhaps even juggling if she wanted to. And now I know how to ride a bike, but I wouldn't say I was proficient in bike riding at a point in time. And so we embarked on a really, really long bike ride. We cycled from where we were staying in Badok all the way through to East Coast Park to, to the end. Uh, it felt like forever for me because I just don't ride bikes. And probably towards the end of that ride, I started to lose feeling in my legs and they got really numb all of a sudden. But I just kept patting, I just kept pushing on and on and on and on uh, because I didn't want to, uh, you know, lose face to, to Amy. I wanted to look like I was, I was good and I was strong. And so I powered through that bike ride, man. And uh, it came to the point where I had to stop the bike and I just had no feelings in, in my leg to do so. And I ended up crashing the bike, um, you know, wasn't really glamorous, but got the job done. And uh, why I bring up this embarrassing story is that through that ordeal, you can see that I had to master up some semblance of endurance in order to finish, to push through, to finish the ride. 
And this idea of endurance, we commonly associate it to like sports or training, whatever have you. It is a word that isn't really used culturally outside of athleticism. And I would argue that it is a word that perhaps we don't fully understand, grasp and comprehend, especially living in a first world city-state like Singapore with its safety, its comforts, and its predictability. Many of us don't really have a good grasp of what endurance really is. And even thinking and considering this word, I am reminded of people like Corey Ten Boom, uh, Anne Frank, Viktor Frankl, Oscar Schindler, all people that went through uh, the Holocaust, the horrors, tragedy, loss and suffering that's associated with it and coming out on the other side not bitter but in many ways better people uh, and that has struck me right what characteristic or personality trait do they carry that has caused them to emerge better on the other side to perhaps even suffer well And a word that comes to mind even as I consider all these men and women and what they've been through and how they've emerged on the other side is that they carry within them endurance. Now this idea of endurance or fortitude or resilience is a biblical idea. And we read about it in Romans chapter 5 from verse 1 to uh, verse 4. And Paul says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance or endurance and perseverance character and character hope. Now, a couple of ideas I want to pick up from the text that we just read is one, Paul in the text says that we rejoice in hope of the glory of our God. And also we rejoice or we glory in tribulation. And so Paul right off the bat says that, hey, we will go through tribulation. We will go through hard stuff, suffering, pain. This is a part of the deal. And notice as this line comes after that incredible first line in chapter 5 that talks about how we have been justified by faith and now we have peace with God. And this is speaking of our salvation. He kicks off chapter 5 with expounding on the brilliance that is our salvation experience that now we have been made right with God. We have peace with God. And then he goes on to say that, hey, we rejoice in hope, we glory in our God. And then he takes a shift. And then he says, but we also glory in tribulation, in suffering, in pain. And right there, he confronts 
what is probably one of the biggest lies that has infiltrated the modern church in our day. And that is the gospel does not permit any form of suffering and pain. That in some way, when you have been grafted into God's kingdom through the suffering of Jesus, that now you are in some way excluded from any form of suffering, all God wants for you and all God intends and wills for your life is to prosper you, to shelter and protect you from pain, to give you a good life. Now, I'm not saying any of those things are bad and not part of God's desire for you. But if we honestly took a deep study into scripture, we'll realize that nowhere in Jesus's teachings to his disciples, his followers, did he ever promise a pain-free life. Rather, he did the very opposite. He prepared them and warned them of impending suffering and how to suffer well. Paul then goes on in the rest of the text to talk about how suffering and tribulation actually transforms us. It actually does something to us. He says this, Tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance, character, and character, hope. And in verse 5, it says that this hope does not disappoint. And so through this text, we come to two conclusions. One, the Christian life is not a pain-free, suffering life. We will go through tribulation, suffering, and pain. But for the Christian, there is purpose to this pain. There's purpose to these trials. There's purpose for the tribulations that we are to endure because it actually produces something in us. And I will go on further to say that there are things that are born and produced in tribulation that can never be produced in peacetime when things are okay, when things are going well, when we are on our high point. There is fruit that God has designed and will for us to bear only in times of pain, struggle, suffering, tribulation. But if we were to ask ourselves the question, how do we actually develop perseverance? Now, there can be many ways. There's more than one way, I believe. But one course or one route, which is repeatedly affirmed by the New Testament writers and others who are wise and mature in the way of Jesus, would all agree that this would involve endurance in the midst of hardship, of pain. As James said, Whatever you face, trials of any kind, consider it nothing but joy because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance and you are to let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. And what I believe God is doing this time is that he is developing the fruit of endurance in our lives and we are definitely not going through the kind of suffering that is associated with the holocaust this is nowhere near that level of suffering but nevertheless this season that we're all in will require and demand of us 
endurance. We may have to endure in the midst of confusion. We may have to endure in the midst of doubt. We may have to endure in the midst of loneliness. We may have to endure in the midst of unanswered prayer. We may have to endure where hope seems lost, where we are not certain of what the future would hold. We will have to endure. Now, endurance here is an active word. It's not a passive word. It is not just being huddled up in your homes and just waiting for this to pass by. A word that we keep hearing in this time is that this too shall pass. And I totally believe in it that we should not live in this season, this moment, thinking that it will go on forever. This will pass. But let us also have this in mind that this opportunity for spiritual growth and development will pass as well. Just as things will improve and get better, so will this opportunity slip from our grasp. Not a word for endurance in the Bible can be translated into steadfastness. A commentator writes that it is the characteristic of a man who is unswerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and sufferings. And wouldn't we like that to be said of us, that we remain steadfast, enduring, loyal to God and his purposes on the earth? Because if we are honest and we look at what we are experiencing now in the context of what people all around the world are experiencing, countries that are poorer or have more unstable governments, or to consider this suffering in the context of the sufferings that many before us have gone through, the world wars, the holocaust, or to even consider this suffering in the context of future sufferings, the biblical prophecies of the last days and things that the church will have to endure in a time of tribulation. All of a sudden, this suffering doesn't seem like all that of a big deal. And then we consider how, for many of us, our faith has been shaken to some extent. We have felt this shaking and a kind of unrest deep within our souls. And we perhaps may have defaulted into behaviors that aren't super Christ-like, embracing fear, worry, anxiety, or even defaulting to self-preservation kind of tendencies. And that leads us to ask ourselves a very serious and important question. That is, will we stand when greater sufferings come? Will we stand in the last days? Will we stand in a time of extended, prolonged tribulation? Will we remain steadfast? Will we endure in the days to come? Now, this question it is an uncomfortable one to ask, but it is so crucial and important for us to reflect even in this day. And I love one translation of James chapter 1, verse 2, which I read earlier. It says that we are to endure through all kinds of trials and temptations. And in no way invalidating or belittling the challenges that you and many others are facing, 
what we are going through right now in the grand scheme of things in the context that I brought up earlier is in fact a very small trial. And I love that that translation talks about how we go through and we are to endure through all kinds of trials and temptations. And I don't know whether you like me are seeing God's mercy and kindness at work even in this time that he has uh, in his sovereignty allowed us to go through this trial to reveal to us the state of our soul, how steadfast and enduring we are as a people, and even the discipleship, the state of discipleship in our churches. And God has allowed for this time to be a revealer of sorts of our current state. And it is also for us to cultivate, to train, to develop, to bear the fruit of endurance such that we may stand firm, steadfast and resolute when greater challenges come our way. Viktor Frankl, a professor and psychiatrist who survived a Nazi concentration camp, writes about his experience in a book titled Man's Search for Meaning. Highly, highly recommend that book. Pick it up, please. It is such a good read for this time. And he says this about suffering. He says this, If there is a meaning in life at all, then there must be a meaning in suffering. Suffering is an eradicable part of life. Even as fate and death, without suffering and death, human life cannot be complete. And then he goes on to say this, The way in which a man accepts his fate and all the suffering it entails, the way in which he takes up his cross, gives him ample opportunity, even under the most difficult circumstances, to add a deeper meaning to his life. What a line. That suffering, even the most difficult circumstances, is an opportunity for us to add deeper, richer meaning to our life. And this time where we are all enduring together can be a moment in time that simply passes us by or an opportunity, and I really believe this with all my heart, a divine opportunity and invitation to add deeper, richer meaning into our life, to build, to cultivate the fruit of endurance that will be so, so needed in the days to come. Thanks be to God for His mercy and kindness toward us all. And so this morning, I would like for all of us to spend some time seeking God, to even reflect on the state of our souls, how we have perhaps conducted ourselves in this time whether we have defaulted to escapist behaviors, whether we have embraced characteristics, traits, behaviors that are simply not in the way of Jesus, and whether we have endured well in this time, to consider how steadfast and resolute our faith has been in this time. Let's spend just a few moments allowing the Spirit of God to speak to us, to highlight things, to bring things up in His mercy and grace, to reveal them to us so that we may address them 
with His help. Let's spend some time this morning doing so. Amazing, and I hope the Spirit has spoken to you, has revealed some things, and let's in this moment recognize where we are lacking, where we are failing, where we don't have it all together, and let's invite God's grace to meet us in our weakness. The Bible tells us that His grace is given to us freely. Without any form of reproach, we can ask for His grace. Grace is this idea of divine empowerment. Let's ask for God's grace for this moment, even as we address these things, but also for His grace to preserve us, to empower us, to endure in the days to come. So I invite you in this moment to lift your hands before you as a posture of receiving, and let's ask for His grace together. Let me pray for you this morning, Lord Jesus. We need your grace in our lives, and we receive your grace this morning. That Scripture promises to us that you will freely give, as long as we ask, as long as we come to you in this posture of humility, recognizing our need and weaknesses. God, we so repent of moments where we've leaned on our own strength. And we say this morning that we so so need your grace. We thank you for your provision over our lives. We look to you this morning, and for the rest of our days, we love you. In your name, we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for tuning into yet another episode of the Daily. I hope you were refreshed by the sense of God's presence. May His Spirit lead and guide you. For the rest of our day, we have one more episode coming tomorrow. Have a great day ahead. Grace and peace. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the daily podcast. We will have fresh new episodes out for you every weekday. If you like what you're hearing, you want to check us out.、Uh, you can look us up on our website, www.thecity.sg, or check us out on our various social media platforms. We'll see you at the next episode. Peace.